Hertz has got it, wants to throw. Hertz setting up the screen. It is complete and blown up. Miles Sanders caught it. Malcolm Rodriguez was there waiting for him. That's a big play by Rodrigo. Welcome to the 20 Men in the Huddle podcast. I am senior writer Tim Twentyman, and it's the bye week. And being so, I've taken the opportunity to ask Danny Rogers to join me and talk a little football. Yes. We got clap in the background here. We're we're doing this. I know you have. Our worlds collide. You have a popular podcast here talking a lot of stuff kind of off the field, Lions related. I know you've had some Mm -hmm. players' wives and stuff Mm -hmm. on. There might be a famous chef on here Mm -hmm. soon if we're going to tease one. So uh, I wanted you to have the opportunity to come on here and talk a little football because that's what this pod is. And so obviously um, it has not gotten off to a great start, Danny. It was good through the first two weeks. It was. And then it just And even even the first four, you know, when you look at first four were okay. Just how the offense played. Mm-hmm. And look, people want to see offense. And if they, they think that you have a good offense, if they think you can score points, not only is it fun football mm-hmm. and puts butts in the seats, but I think you're people believe that you're in every game if, if yes. you have an offense. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think because the Lions found out in week five how important defenses honestly every week they found out how important defense is because you can only score 45 48 points so often which is what they've been doing but like you said every time i'm i'm sitting there i'm watching the game i'm like lions will come back they'll they'll be in this they'll come back because they can score points because they can throw the ball downfield and they can rush for explosive plays like they're in this every time but defense right now is the achilles heel and that has proven that if you don't have a good solid defense you will not win win in this league so then, obviously, you're one and three. You're in a big win on the road in New England. Mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi, third string, rookie quarterback. Um, you know, you, you, that's a game where you hope your offense can just keep doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. and, and, and you'll be able to, um, you know, get out of New England at two and three, go into your bye feeling good. And the defense gives up 22 points, which I'll take any day of the week against, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not ideal against, a, you know, Bailey Zappi, but still 22 points is much better than they have before and coming into that game, uh, you know, allowing 35.3. Yep. And then the offense just has a stinker and, and can't move the football. And I think that's been the biggest issue for me is that I have seen 30 minutes in five games of complimentary football. Yes. Where the defense has played well, that first half against Washington, mm-hmm. where the offense played well, got them the lead, first half against Washington. And for the other, what is it, 270 minutes of football, there has not been complimentary football at right. all. It's tough to win in this league. It, it, it is. It, New England is, t- is difficult because not a single phase really showed up. Special teams did not show up. It didn't. It didn't help that uh, there were no opportunities given to kicker Michael Bagley to go up there and, and put some points on the scoreboard. Defense, they came up with an interception, no sacks, uh, and then offense obviously put nothing on the scoreboard. So it it kind of was just the spiraling moment of where you would see this team. Okay, two phases complimentary okay now you got three phases complimentary in week five you saw that kind of just spiral yeah out of control nothing was complimentary and it was you kind of just what happened what went wrong the offense you had Amon Ross St. Brown back he wasn't 100 percent he didn't have a ton of snaps on in that one but you still had TJ Hawkinson Josh Reynolds who has been able to be productive Jamal Williams was in that game like what what 
changed. You had more. You had Jonah Jackson back on the offensive line. It should have been a better offensive outing than they've had since Washington. And it wasn't. Yeah, and I'm just me, wondering what, what went wrong. To me, it was the offensive line. I think that's been the strength. We've seen mm-hmm. that through the first four weeks and, and just how good they've been opening holes in the run game. I thought they did that early. And then, you know, being able to protect Jared, I think that's the biggest thing. And yes. I think that's where New England did such a good job. Obviously, Matthew Judon is, is a terrific talent. But I thought it was collectively they really attacked the interior of mm-hmm. that offensive line. Um, you know, they started Logan Stenberg at, at right guard, made the switch, um, you know, when he wasn't as effective in yep. the second half. And I thought that was the first time there was kind of that chink in the armor of that Detroit Lions offensive line. You yeah. know, I mean, when Jared was protected and can throw the, could throw the football, he was really good. I think it was 17 to 21 when he was clean, but mm-hmm. 3 of 14 for 35 yards when he's pressured. And, and that's not Jared's game. Like, Jared isn't Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, where when a play breaks down, he can create something on his own. He's got that ability. Mm-hmm. That's not he the does. strong part yes. of his game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not... He doesn't thrive off that. He's very much a, um, you know, run the football, play action behind it, be on time, distribute the football, get it to their weapons and allow them to make plays afterwards. And I thought, you know, it was, to me, it was the worst performance of the offensive line and a little bit worrisome because now does that unit have to play really, really well for this offense to play well? I mean, can they not make up for maybe a subpar performance along the offensive line? Now you've got questions offensively. And mm-hmm. so look at this bye week and, and during the bye week, you know, Dan Campbell's gonna take a, a, a deep dive, look at all this from personnel, yep. from scheme. But let's go through just a few things offensively, defensively, special teams. Let's start with maybe what have we liked offensively through the first five weeks of the season? Yeah, I mean, I love we use this word a ton now, but it's the explosiveness of that offense. You have them um, top third in the league in passing yards. Granted, bottom third in completion percentage. You would like that to go up. You, you mentioned Jared Goff getting pressured, not make, not completing passes. So, so that's an issue, and it's kind of shocking with how well the offense is playing. So you would like to see the completion percentage go up, but top third in the league in passing. Um, receivers, that receiving core is so deep, and when they they're catching the ball on average, it's it's about for twelve over twelve yards yeah. a, a catch, which is pretty dang good um i remember antoine randall l receivers coach saying around what last january february he wanted to what draft two receivers pick up two more in free agency it was yeah draft two and sign one or was it sign one and draft two i think it was draft two draft two technically and sign one yeah technically they kind of did that with jameson williams uh, james mitchell yeah, yeah who is who who we're seeing a little bit come come into this game and and get his legs under him so i the they built up the receiving core. They knew that needed to be deeper just based off of what happened last year when it was depleted a couple of times. Um, so I really like the the ride receiver depth. Um, Josh Reynolds, I think, is just has been such a steady force and very consistent. He has been phenomenal. And you kind of look to DJ Chark to take that role. Um, but it's been Josh Reynolds who's, who's step up. Um, Lions lead the league in 20-plus yard receptions with 23 and total touchdowns on the season with 18 that's yeah. tied for the bills like when we say explosive we are not joking that is a thing however you didn't see that against new england and you're like what what happened yeah. where did it go you hope it's an anomaly right that it, it's just kind of one of those things and i think it, it was, is 
And look, Bill Belichick's done that to plenty of people before in yes. his career. They we took away TJ Hawkinson. That. They were able to see a weakness mm-hmm. that they perceived as a weakness up front. They were able to pressure, and, mm-hmm. and they knew Jared. That's not his game. So I thought they had a terrific plan for him, and Detroit didn't adjust. Yeah, that was just a, a deal where I thought you know Bill Belichick was the better coach there. Yeah, and and, and did it. You know, for me offensively, and I'm glad you talked about the pass game because for, for me it's been the run game. You know, mm-hmm. you've this is obviously you know something that Dan has wanted to establish that Ben Johnson feels strongly about. They're going to stick with it. Um, look, they're sixth in yards. They're 5.4 um, yards per carry, are second in the NFL, mm-hmm. and their seven rushing touchdowns are um, tied for third. Yeah. So Shout out to Jamal, been, six of those. Yeah. Jesus. And, and Jamal, what, averaging 4.3 yards per carry, yeah. has kind of filled in for DeAndre Swift, who hasn't been right since week one, and they've yeah. been able to kind of weather that, that storm and still be productive there. I think the one thing in the run game that has been just maybe a little bit disappointing to me was the second half against Minnesota. Okay. When you had that double-digit lead, right, mm-hmm. and then Minnesota knew you were going to run the game. You want to run the game just to run the clock out. You've got a double-digit lead. Mm-hmm. And the one quarter that they were the worst running all year, guess what quarter that was? Was the fourth or Fourth third? quarter okay. against Minnesota, yeah. right? When you had a double-digit lead, when everyone in the, in the stadium knows you're running it. Please run to, it. To, to still be able to run it, I think that's what makes a great running team. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So you know, run it when everyone expects you to. In that four minute, trying to run down the game, get a couple first downs, mm-hmm. milk that game, and and you walk out of Minnesota feeling good. They weren't able to do that, so I still have to see that aspect mm-hmm. of the run game. Is that a is that a creativity aspect of it? You know, it, they weren't masking the run. Like maybe well a enough. little bit. Um, I think you know. There was some blocking. There were a couple breakdowns in, in blocks. There were a couple missed blocks in that mm-hmm. quarter, too. Um, but sometimes it's just a man-on-man. They're putting eight in the box. They know that's what you want to mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, I think Ben's still creative with, with some of the traps and some of the other things that he does. I just think at, at that point, Minnesota knew what you were doing. Yeah. And it was just man-on-man, and they kind of, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of – outmanned them in yeah. my opinion so that's what I have to see from the run game mm-hmm. moving forward so I'm glad you mentioned the pass game mm-hmm. you know obviously they're doing some good things in the run game too so you hope that that continues and obviously New England's just an anomaly mm-hmm. but let's shift to maybe something that we haven't liked offensively or something that you would like to see better coming out of the bye I would have I would not have said consistency before week five but now I'm looking at it and we need more consistency every single human being on that offense to be consistent in what they do every single week. So you saw um, Jamal Williams, who I and I do not want to pick on Jamal Williams at all, although he does say what he wants about my outfit sometimes. (laughs) He's a little picky in that aspect. Um, He had 56 yards. If you're going to be running back number one, you know you're filling in for DeAndre Swift. There has to be some consistency and no drop-off between Swift and Jamal. 56 yards for your running back number one with a run-first offense is not going to work. Um, but I do love you, Jamal. Uh, so so just just more consi- more consistency. The offensive line, there should have been no drop-off against New England. However, th- there was. And there was, yeah, riffs in getting the play action going because of the run game just wasn't there. That was, I think, their lowest um, rushing game of the season so far, 101 yards. Usually if you have your lowest, it's under 100. So the lines are still able to keep it above 100, which is a really good sign. But it didn't. It didn't 
It didn't feel it like didn't, it. And it didn't come, it, nothing came yeah. of it. Nothing came of it. And it was early. Right, right. And yeah. then they got out of it. Obviously, the score played a factor of that, mm-hmm. too. But I, I agree with you. It yep. wasn't, we didn't see the explosive big plays, a couple of them early. Yeah. I thought Craig Reynolds stepped in and showed that he can kind of be that receiving back, which was yes. which was good there. For me, it's the turnovers. You know, yep. I, you look at the turnovers, and look, there's not a ton of them. It's not like they lead the league in turnovers. It's just they've been so big. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the 31 points allowed that the, the teams have scored off Lions turnovers are the four, fourth most. 21 of those, Danny, have been directly points for the defense. Yeah. Two pick sixes and a fumble return for a touchdown. Those are such massive mm-hmm. plays in games, and those 21 points are the most in the NFL, you know, allowed direct points given up by the offense. God, so. Thirty-one points is a lot of points yep. off turnovers, mm-hmm. and, and those those pick sixes, those return fumbles. We just see how huge of, of impact plays those are. We always talk about special teams, how big of like a punt return for a touchdown or kick return for a oh, touchdown. So is. They're, they're so game changing, right? Yes. Those defensive touchdowns are just the same. They're so deflating, mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Jared's got to protect the ball a little bit more, and just kind of limit those really big mistakes you know I you know, yep. the, the touchdown on the three yard line now that led but to me it, you know New England goes and you know sc- scores a field goal off that so technically that's three points but right. that takes three and or seven points off the board too mm-hmm. so really an interception at the opponent's three yard and that that's a ten, that can be a 10 point swing in my book you know what it I'm can. saying yeah and so I think it's just kind of where those turnovers are happening mm-hmm. The magnitude of them, I think that's one thing offensively this team's got to do a lot, lot better. Yeah, looking at the turnovers, Detroit six opponents, four um, interceptions, twice as much as any opponent. The crazy thing is the interception and the, the return on yards. Lions opponents have had four for 67 yards. Detroit, two interceptions for two. five yards. Five yards. Five. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about it um, after that, that pick six was thrown against New England. Offense has to – has to come right back out. Right. Have, uh, how depleting, how defeating is that to try to pick yourself up and go out and do that um, again? What was it in, was it against And now, now not facing a 6 nothing deficit. Now it's 13 nothing. Now it's double yep. digit. Now it's right before the half. Mm-hmm. So now you feel pressured to score. Yep. You've just put yourself in yeah. such a position to be behind the eight ball I know. with those. They're, they're just. I was thinking about that in New England. I'm like, gosh, they have to go right back out there. Right back out there and try to score. And they couldn't. And then New England gets the ball. Mm-hmm. And they're able to march the field and get a field goal right before. Mm. It just yeah. was not good not all good. the way around. All right. Speaking of not good. <laughs> shift over to the defensive side of the football because let's yeah. be honest even though it, it did look better in new england it hasn't been good all year i mean the numbers just speak for themselves i yeah. mean they're you know bottom five just about every major statistical mm-hmm. category on defense yeah. and let's be real that's got to be better if they're going to if they're going to turn this thing around they can't consistently count on their offense week after week they've got to play more like they did against new england than they mm-hmm. did the first Four weeks against Philadelphia, Washington, Seattle. Yeah, um, it's just they've got to be much, much better. So, what's one thing that you have liked? And this took me a little longer to 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 pile through, think about. Is there something that jumps out to you that says, okay, that's been despite all the all the problems on defense, despite mm-hmm. all the numbers, I can at least look at this and say, okay, hey, I've liked this a little bit. I went for you first because. I know. This was the challenging one for me. It is Do you want me to go tough. first? I mean, I and I, I kind of have to go back to last season for this, but because it, it's there's still some carryover of, of the same players. 
uh, it's the the bright spot is when the guys that you depend on, like the Charles Harris's and the Aiden Hutchinsons, but then you have surprise guys like like John Kaminsky who comes in. When those guys are creating absolute havoc against on the interior up front, really, really, really good things happen. And everyone says it starts up front. I do not want to see two out of the four top total tacklers on this defense be in the secondary. And right now they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other two are, are Anzalone and Rodriguez, who, who are up there in, in tackles as well. But you have Akuda and Elliott who are helping to lead the way the tackles. I do not want to see that ever. However, it's, it's, it's just the upfront guys. When they're creating havoc, granted, um, Aiden Hutchinson's three sacks, were those all individually because of him? Absolutely not. It was because his teammates were creating pressure and running. They were they were they were like here here Aiden sack. And John Kaminsky in particular, Boom. who Lions fans I don't think realize how how much they've missed John I, these last few weeks. What what after which game did he have that that was just? It was Washington. Washington. I looked at Lomas Brown who's doing our post game interview. I'm like, you know who's my MVP today? John Kaminsky. Yeah. And he's not getting all of the numbers for it and and the accolades, but you. He does all the dirty stuff, right? Detroit Lions should miss him a lot. Fans, yeah, should miss him a lot. I know this team misses him a lot. It's been interesting to see him not put on IR, although he's been out, what, three, four weeks now? Three weeks now, yeah. With his, his, he had surgery on his Hopefully after the bye. I think it's looking like that. He's starting to jog around. Yes. Um, Being on defensive line, you can kind of maneuver without full motor of your hands, which is good. Yeah. Um, Did I say Pascal right, by the way? I know you always rip on me for that one. I was with the rookies yesterday. We were doing a little cooking competition pat they're all saying pascal see and i talked to him in the locker room i'm like josh remind me how to say your last name he's like pascal he's like i'm not gonna lie people in kentucky said pascal Pascal, and i'm like why because there's an a there i'm like change the spelling put an e there it's josh pascal pascal yeah so i'm really excited to see see what he can do he is chopping at the bit to get in there and playing this game. But that's what I like when the guys up front that you can rely on and then that little surprise guy, John Kaminsky, who I hope this this Lions team relies on going going moving forward when they're creating havoc. Really, really good things happen. Yeah. And maybe to your point, too, is you look at last year and you saw some of the young guys who got a chance to play mm-hmm. and the development. And that's always been something, at least we talked about last year, is this coaching staff being able to develop players, right? So where? We, come on, guys. We didn't see the out. same mistakes that we saw early in the season when Detroit similarly mm-hmm. got off to a bad start, right? But then they changed some schemes. They did some stuff. Um, and then you saw the young players getting better the second half mm-hmm. of the season, weren't making the same mistakes in Detroit you know, got some wins. Now, obviously, that's got to happen a lot sooner rather than later, yep. or you're going to be in a spot where, like last season, you're just playing these games and they're not for anything, and yeah. that's obviously not the goal. But Mm-mm. to me, it was some of the th- some things. That it's similar to what you you talked about, but like some of the maybe the young guys that have that have played pretty well. We're coming like off injuries. A Malcolm Rodriguez, not him, like you don't expect, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a guy. But once who's, you see him and you meet up, you're like. I expect I all it. of this out of you. When you see him wrestle, have you ever seen any of his yeah, wrestling on the, on the highlights? Field. Just look on the field. I what go through he did highlights to constantly. Kelsey against the Eagles when he did that little hip toss? It was just... You've had him on your podcast, I know. I've had him on mine. I've, I've had him as as player interview. If you if you sit there and you talk with him and then you go watch his highlights, which is exactly what I did, 
nothing surprises me about him. He's been really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you like where that's going. I think um, you know, Ali McNeil has shown some some pretty good stuff there. It doesn't always yes. show up in the stat column, but like we say with John Kaminsky, Love right? Him. You do some of the little things that free mm-hmm. up other guys to make plays, and he has been good in the run. I like the fact they moved him out to the three technique, so he can play anywhere from zero to three tech, so you can use him all mm-hmm. along the interior. And a guy like, you know, one guy who I thought played pretty well after watching the tape of the Patriots was Kirby Joseph. Yeah. Now, he's a guy who's just starting to get into the mix. Very a raw. wide receiver, mm-hmm. turned defensive back, is still very much learning that position, but had an opportunity to go and, and make a play down the sideline. I thought that showed his ranginess. He tackled um, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's another guy that you think, well, he's going to keep getting these opportunities. So yeah. is he a guy that can turn the football over? Mm-hmm. Like, Amani Oriwari was that guy last year. Yeah, Obviously, hasn't gotten the great start and, you know, was benched this week. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell said it's not over for him yet, so you hope that he can maybe get back to some of the form. But yep. the guys that can turn the football over, right? Charles yes. Harris has shown an ability to do that. Kirby Joseph showed it in college, and you hope it translates to the NFL. He did a little bit in, what, in preseason, too. In the preseason, like that, too. Him and Chase Lucas were that close. But that's what they need more of, mm-hmm. right? Guys that get their hands on footballs. We talked about... Jared and some of the mistakes and the 21, you know, defensive points allowed by the offense. Detroit needs some of that, right? They need some guys that can turn the football over, mm-hmm. get their hands on balls, create yeah. those huge momentum-changing plays. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that some of the young guys have been able to do that. Yep. Um, or at least show that they're, you know, that, that we think they can do that. that. That's maybe one of the positives I take from the defense. Now, there was obviously a lot to choose from. Yeah. when we talk about the negatives on defense. But when you looked at the totality of the first five games, what jumped out to you? Yeah, no, I think we already mentioned it, the lack of te- takeaways. Only yeah. two forced fumbles, two interceptions on the season, seven sacks, lack third. They That ranks third last in the league. Yeah. It's just not enough pressure being generated up front to, to put quarterbacks in more difficult situations, make them throw the ball into um, bad spots so that the secondary – can maybe even some linebackers get 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 the ball to Anzalone Anzalone's hands so they can, you know, really um, benefit off those and pick up some interceptions or seven, even some pass breakups. Seven sacks, yeah. third fewest in the league. Aiden Hutchinson has three of those. Three of them. Come on, spread the love. All Everyone, in one half. Come on. Yeah. Right. I, I was talking to defensive end Charles Harris, in weeks two through what two three four five, weeks two through like six last year, he was able to record a sack four weeks in a row Mm -hmm. that is extremely difficult to do and he's proven how difficult it is because he's not doing it again this year and I told him that um that stat existed a couple weeks ago he's like I didn't even know that existed and he was kind of he was kind of impressed with himself because it's very hard to do so I think as long as they and and Charles Harris sat out against New England he Mm -hmm. was inactive with an injury so you hope you get him back to generate some more pressure you hope Hutch keeps coming along um, and is everything that he was at Michigan here in the league. It's very difficult to do that as well. Um, but it's a lack of turnovers for me. And for me, it's you talked about the big plays on offense, but there's the big plays on defense too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at opponents, 25 rushes of 10-plus yards, most in the NFL. Eight rushes of 20-plus yards, most in the NFL. 88 total plays of 10-plus yards. Wow. Most in the NFL. That's a lot of plays. 25 plays of 20-plus yards, fourth most in the NFL. So it's just – it's these chunk plays, these mm-hmm. big plays that turn fields, you know, field position over um, that are obviously demoralizing for mm-hmm. a defense. I, I just think they've got to shore up. They've got to make teams move the football um, 
and, and methodically move the football down the field more consistently. Yes. Then you have the opportunity to do a sack like you talked mm-hmm. about, to get your hand on a football and turn the ball over. When when you've got these four, five, six play drives for 70 yards because there's so many explosives in there, there's just not those opportunities. You've got to make teams, if teams are going to score, it's got to be 10, 11, 12 plays where you're methodically making them mm-hmm. you know, convert third downs and do some of these big mm-hmm. things that they haven't been able to do, in my opinion, the first five weeks. And I think that's one of been one of the big problems um, with this defense. You, you you brought up the sacks and getting after the quarterback at seven or the third fewest. The most in the NFL, mm-hmm. San Francisco, 21. 21 sacks? 21 versus seven. Guess who's second? The team you're going to face week seven, the Dallas Cowboys okay. with 20. So they can get after the quarterback too. So Dallas is my fantasy football defense. 22 points last week. They're not going to be your fantasy defense week seven, are they? I don't have any. No, I'm not picking up another defense. Wow. I don't. I don't look at the fantasy football app d- during games. But what I did re- so are you, is this on my pod that Danny Rogers is hoping that Dallas defense has a great day week Absolutely seven against not. Lions. <laughs> Listen, Minnesota. I was like, oh, Greg Joseph's. He's not having a good day. I'm like, dang, he's not having a good day. I did happen to look up my fantasy football roster. I'm like. Well, I'll give you that's, props that's for having kicker. Dallas. Those twenty sacks are, are giving you some points there. We're yeah, not I beat s- you last hey, week because of it. We weren't going to bring that up. I only won last week because we Dallas are, scored twenty-two no, points. You beat. won last week because Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns. Let's be honest about it. One million percent, but I only needed two. So I'm good. I'm still I mean, bitter about that. You I almost should be uninvited. You on the pod you should you should have considered that. That was for first that. place too. No, I know. Now I'm clear ahead. What East Division? You don't have to brag about. I am crushing at fantasy. All right, let's go to special teams real quick. All right, special teams, something yeah. we've liked about special teams. For me, um, it's the punting. You know, obviously mm. Jack Fox with the um, average, the net average, and their ability to cover kicks. Haven't allowed any really big returns, no huge explosive plays. They've mm-hmm. been consistent punting the football. That, to me, has been the the real positive on special teams. What about you? I love Khalif Raymond, and I remember we talking about it um, – what a great season. under the helmet he did, by the way, right? Wasn't that good? Great human. Great human. And our producer who puts those together is awesome. Another great human. Um, Kali Freeman, I remember coming into this because running back Godwin Aguibuque was released from the Detroit Lions. We're like, oh, my God, who's who's going to return return balls with Kali? And, and Raymond took over punt and kick returns, and he crushed it. Yeah. And then you moved Maurice Alexander in there, who was just released by the Lions. Um to also return balls and you weren't getting that explosiveness you were from Kali Freeman you just weren't he's he's a workhorse I always wondered why they didn't just put him back I mean he was so mm-hmm. explosive he had the what third highest punt return average and I know yes. you know returning punts and returning kicks are obviously different mm-hmm. but he's so he, he might be one of the fastest guys he's, he oh, no is doubt. the fastest guy on the team yeah he's explosive he's small he's mm-hmm. elusive he can get under you know behind some guys maybe you lose him i always wonder why he just didn't do both i know and he had one kickoff return here so far 52 yards yeah, yeah that seems to work and then punting um he's returned eight for 62 yards so an average of about eight yards uh, a punt return longest is, is 12 it's just you would have those explosive ones in there and you're like just leave them in there just let's but no mistakes there. right like no mistakes you never worry about Khalif back there that mm-hmm. he's going to drop a football and I mean that's no. that's job number one right? yes any special teams coach will say hey if we get a great return mm-hmm. that's great if we yeah. get anything positive that's the plus but first and foremost catch the football no fumbles 
be sure-handed, get the ball to your offense, and Khalif is that. Yeah, and that's why he's he's been able to be in this league for now six seasons and kind of go under the radar um, because of his special teams. He's good. Skills. Yeah, keep he, him there. Leave him he's there. Really he's good. doing great. I'm going to guess that our negative with special teams might cross paths, be similar, be on the same parallel trajectory here. Would it's got to be the field goal kicking, right? With going into this season, there was a kicker competition. You thought you had two pretty good options. And to be very fair, I thought Austin Siebert beat out Riley Patterson in the preseason. When I was charting it and just in practice, he was the most consistent kicker. No doubt. There is, I, yes, the fan. I, Fans love to go for Patterson. Second guessing you now, boy. Five weeks in, huh? Yeah, I don't even. uh, Have we looked at Patterson's stats here in a minute just to see how? Oh, I don't think you want to. Are they really good? He's nine to ten for field goal. Now he doesn't have a big leg, so you know some of those fifty, you know the fifty four yard in Minnesota. Because lines are probably going to go for for fourth, fourth down, fourth down anyway. Shown that it's fine. It's fine. Do you think that part of that reason that Dan Campbell is even more aggressive? And look, he's aggressive Mm -hmm. by nature. He's admitted that. But the fact that you don't have confidence in, in your kicker, and that was certainly the case last week on that fourth and, yeah. and nine play. Did we 32. know that before going into this, that there wasn't no. a ton of confidence? And I watched him in the pregame warm-ups on both sides, mm-hmm. and he was kicking 50-yarders. Now, the wind may have been different. Maybe there's something there, obviously. They've got all the information. I'm just watching from the press yes. box and watching him kick some 50-yarders you know, going each way. Um but, man, he's been around the league for a while. Mm-hmm. He was 4-for-4 four four in Chicago. He's got a career-long 59. Yeah. Maybe there was, you know, he was working through something. Maybe there was just, the, the, that's the tunnel end of, of Gillette Stadium. Maybe it was something weird there. Dan and said he had said, a number, yes. and he didn't feel good about that number. But, boy, if you don't feel good about 32 yards and a 49-yard field goal. you got to keep you're looking not for gonna, more kickers, which you, they just signed another one to the practice squad. So we shall see how that works out. But they've got to figure that out. They do. I mean, I, there I might be in a spot now to maybe draft one, right? Are we no. talking about drafting kickers? No. I mean, you've got to. I mean, Matt Prater was so consistent for so long, mm-hmm. and Jason Hansen before that, and they've just that's been the one I know, spot. Very lofty and, expectations for that. And position Eddie here. Murray before that. It's just like there's there's been so much consistency mm-hmm. at that spot that it's it's really weird to be in a situation where now you're just week to week, you don't know, you don't have a lot of mm-hmm. confidence, you're having to alter your strategy because of it. Look, yeah. I've always said there's two things, and this is just my own personal thing, but you, if, if I'm running a team or if I'm a general manager or something, there's two things I don't, you know, maybe um, try to catch a deal on. Okay. It's backup quarterbacks and kickers. You spend money That's on backup quarterbacks and kickers because those are two guys, mm-hmm. and, and you're seeing some of the situation with the Lions that, you know, you can get into. If you, if you don't have that guy, that consistent guy, you can be looking for that every week. And if your starting quarterback goes down, Geno Smith, hello, good old. I mean, or you're, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're in a situation where yeah. you're counted to be the guy when you haven't been before. Um, who's the guy in, in Dallas from Central Michigan University? Um, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, right? Yes. You know? Yes. Having that guy that can step in, be experienced, mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, win you a game or two like like Cooper's done, like Geno's shown he can do, you know, as a career backup. I just yeah. backup quarterbacks and kickers. Spend the money on those guys. You know. They're worth it. So obviously, one and four isn't the start they wanted to. So they're going to yep. do a deep dive here during the uh, during the bye week, mm-hmm. and then they've got Dallas, they've got Miami, and they've got Green Bay. It's an important stretch. 
And I think they've got to start playing um, a little more complimentary football. That's yep. my biggest take from the first five weeks. Your biggest take from the first five weeks and what you want to see coming out of the bye. You've got to figure out the defensive rotation yeah. and who fits best on that defensive end. Got to figure it out. You've got a couple games under your belt where you have drastically changed personnel on that side of the ball. You should be able to see what works, what doesn't. And then, like, come week seven, game six for these Lions – just come out of the gate running with who you know is going to be able to or who go out you there trust. Play. Who, oh, trust right? is who you trust. The T word is huge. Yeah. Who you know, who you trust, and who you know can go out there and handle whatever situation. I think week seven, like guns a blazing, come out. You should know exactly who you, who you need on that defensive end. It's a big three week stretch. Huge. They've got to turn this around, or yep. else my goal the whole time, and I've, I've said it to on this podcast a lot is be playing meaningful games in December to do that mm-hmm. now they've got to have a good rest of October right now right now now it's yes. critical time they put themselves in a hole yeah I don't think if you come out if you come out of October with less than two wins I, it's very hard to claw your way back well I'm going to be able to enjoy sitting on my couch and watching football on Sunday are you getting away at all are you doing anything no of You're course just I'm going to no of course I'm going to spend my Saturday at a football game um, Michigan Penn State that'll be a good one and then I got a wedding People are scheduling weddings during the You're of that fall age. Still. Yeah. Your like friends. Family. Like, <laughs> oh, this is a family wedding? Yes. Well, I'm glad that you could come on and join me. Thank you, And Timothy. talk a little football. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. So no Lions this weekend. Enjoy watching the rest of the league, and we will be back next week with another 20-minute huddle podcast. Um, we'll be talking everything Dallas. We'll have some players on. Um, we'll get a, a Dallas beat writer on. And then, you know, obviously P.J. Clark and I will break it down from Dallas next PJ, Sunday. PJ, PJ. So, again, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Timothy.